0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: It's now my pleasure to introduce our executive vice president and general manager, Mr. Kevin Shoveldayoff, who will make our first pick on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Hey y'all! Welcome to another episode of the Grip for Sexy podcast. The podcast, all of the um, chemistry of the Sedin twins with none of the athletic ability. My name is Connor Farrell. I am joined by my brother from the Independent, the independent alligator. alligator. Let me finish the introduction from the Independent Alligator. Brendan Farrell,
0: how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, It's been kind of a long day. Uh, The Gators won today in in, in an interesting fashion. So that was fun earlier. But uh, yeah, now we're talking hockey. We cover the Winnipeg Jets.
1: Our big fan base, if we ever get one, is not going to care what the Florida Gators do. I know that you and I are in Florida, and I know that's going to take off some Canadians. And I am waiting for it and expecting it, and it will amuse me when they get mad at us for covering their hockey team. But they will not care about
0: the Gators. Yeah, but you know, part of our thing is that we're not from Winnipeg, so I don't know. I feel like it's fun to throw in yeah, some that, like, that is part very not-Winnipeg things of, in every once in a while. <laughs> that is
1: part of the shtick. Um, I guess I shouldn't get mad at you for that. But, um, so, how's the weather in Gainesville?
0: Uh, it was pretty rainy today. Uh, that tropical storm going yeah. through the south kind uh, of screwed up everything. So,
1: yeah, tropical storm here. We didn't really get much of it though in Jacksonville, um, the Hick part of Florida.
0: All um, oh, four is the Hick part of Florida, except like South Florida. But that's but. not true.
1: That's not true. You've got the beaches, and you've got Orlando. Well, the beaches, Orlando, and Tampa are kind of one. Unit, as much as that pains me to say, and then you've got the hick part of Florida.
0: I mean that's fair. I mean I would say also Miami and like South Florida is kind of its own little non-hick yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else, yes. Yeah, I was, yeah, okay. Anyway, fair enough. I should have
1: I should have mentioned that, but when I said the beaches, I kind of lumped that mentally in there and didn't mention it. So that's my fault. Um, okay. So since we recorded the last. Or since our last pod was released, there was a hockey game.
0: Precisely one of
1: them. Precisely one hockey game, so we're gonna do our best to talk about that game. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets played the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders. Um, and oh no. And again, I would like to say, do not score first, Winnipeg Jets. It never ends well. Seemingly, yes. They're just allergic to leads. <laughs> allergic to leads. The Winnipeg Jets.
0: They've got a case of the leads. I,
1: <laughs> I don't, what it, like, usually, like, conventional wisdom says score first. It is better for your team if you score first. It is better for your team if you enter the second period with the lead. I, for the Jets, that just isn't the case this year. And I don't know how to explain that.
0: No, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, so Nikolai Ehlers, Ehlers, I've heard it both ways. Scores to open the game. Um,
0: on a on a beautiful his, shot from on a, on a power play, by the way.
1: Yeah, fantastic power play goal, Ehlers. One of our favorites, I know you and I are both very high, high on Ehlers, um, and he got helpers from Pionk, and Hainala, who is one of my personal favorites, Hainala, um, which, which is good for me to see, because personally, I really like Hainala, and, and it's good to see him get it power play time, um, but it's important to note his presence there, because he spent the last few games um, as a healthy scratch.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good thing you pointed that out. Uh, certainly one great way to get back into your coach's good graces is to uh, score points.
1: <laughs> I don't care if it's a secondary assist. You know, people like to say, well, it was just a secondary assist. He wasn't really the guy. But, I mean, secondary assist, that's a repeatable statistic that you can look at and say this guy is good at driving play. Um I mean, I don't mean to talk too much about one player, um, but what did you think about Hanola? Because that is something I think we should be talking about.
0: Yeah, watching this game uh, overall. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's not very common. That you trust a, a, a what an 18 year old defenseman on the power play, but yeah, it's a certainly good sign. It shows that you know they want to put this kid in a, a place to succeed. You know, a great way to. Boost a kid's confidence early on as he's trying to figure out, you know, the day to day struggles of playing in the NHL is put him on the power play. Let him, you know, give him some space and focus on his offensive game for a little bit. Cause I mean, I'm sure, you know, playing offense is playing on power play is a lot more fun than playing on the penalty kill or even at even strength, you know. Let him get some time on the puck and produce some offense, which seems to be something that he's really good at.
1: Yeah. And the one thing, I, you know, I was listening to, um, like you said, he's very good at moving the puck. And it's, it's kind of unusual that uh, a player will go from healthy scratch to being included on the power play, particularly as a defenseman. You know, like more and more we're seeing teams go with four forwards and one defenseman on the power play. And in this case, you've got two defensemen, him and Pionk, who, you know, Pionk, both of those guys, good puck-moving defensemen. So it's – um, I guess it makes sense to put them both on the power play. Um, but you know, making that jump from not being included to you're not only included, but you're playing special teams now is, um, some, something for me to, you know, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, well, the coaching staff must have some confidence in this kid, despite the fact that he has been left out for the
0: last few games. Yeah. Like that makes sense. But also at the same time, it's like, do you, who else would you put on there? Like, I I think Morrissey's on the other unit, but like Tucker Pullman, uh, Dmytro well, Kulikov, like but, like there are only again, so many options you've got.
1: There. If you've got Neil Pionk playing there, you could go with four to four um forwards because like you've been saying, they should go with three forwards on the three on three overtime. Why not go for four forwards on the power play? If you've got right, that but, option,
0: right? But even even if you go four forwards. Like I still feel like Hanley is one of your best options at the point still.
1: Um
0: and and one more
1: thing, um and I I, guess I I'm certainly agreeing with you. I just felt like we needed to pro- provide a, as another um perspective into there. And but what, what's interesting to me, I was listening to the post-game interview from uh Paul Maurice and one of the things that really stood out to me, someone asked him specifically about Hannah and how he played in this game, um, despite it being a loss. And he's, his answer was, We can, I'm paraphrasing here, he's someone that we can look to to play 20 minutes a night. That to me was like, Oh, suddenly he's gone from being an outsider. To a 20-minute – like, even as a defenseman, 20 minutes a night, that's a big deal. That's
0: yeah. top four at least. Yeah. Maybe like a little bit game, more. Like, in this game, he played 19 minutes of 5-on-5 uh, time. Uh, that was second to Dmitry Kulikov. Like, that's important. <laughs> that, like, that's a big I, deal. I, I
1: I love that we're living in a timeline where Dmitry Kulikov leads the defenseman a nice time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the Jets right now, but
1: yes. I, I would have assumed Morrissey would have been the ice time leader.
0: No, he was actually behind uh, Pionk and Dahlstrom, too.
1: Oh, my good And yeah. Dahlstrom? What did yeah. you think of, of Dahlstrom in this game?
0: Uh, I, I mean, up and down. I thought he was okay. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of him overall. I don't love him,
1: but I also don't hate him. As a player, uh, I just – I don't know. Like, I just don't see – he I can see when he's got vision and he makes, like, great passes coming – great breakout passes sometimes that I'm like, oh, that was neat. But most of the time that he's out there, I don't really notice him, which to me is usually a pretty good sign of a good defenseman. Like, if a good if a defenseman is doing his job, you shouldn't notice him very much unless he's somebody like Pionk or Hanala who's good on the puck. Like, that's his strength is being on the puck and moving the puck around. Um, with Dahlstrom, for me, it's been, oh, that's a nice breakout pass, and then not much else after that that I've noticed.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, I mean, just looking at the stats here, uh, at 5-on-5, five five, there wasn't a whole lot of action when Dahlstrom was on the ice at either end. They were just uh, 18 total shot attempts when he was on the ice. In 17 minutes and 22 seconds of 5 5 time, so there wasn't a whole lot happening. It was it was nine and nine, uh, so nine for the Jets, nine for uh, the Islanders. Yeah, it was. He was just kind of there, honestly.
1: And I guess uh, bringing up those sh- those shot attempts kind of is a way for us to transition away from the defenseman a little bit, even though that's going to be an oncurring it, an oncurring an ongoing. Um, plot device for us is talking about these defense because that's kind of where the jets are weakest. And that's kind of been the thing this season is we don't have very much experience in the blue line. So we're kind of looking at how these guys are going to, how these young kids are going to like Pionk is going to adjust to playing 22 minutes a night, probably. Um, I guess that's a little bit high. Cause you said, um, uh, Hanela had nineteen minutes a night and that's or nineteen minutes that last game and that's second amongst defensemen or something. Yeah, uh, they so maybe, they uh
0: they balanced it out pretty well. Uh you have which I think at is good. just over you have Kulikov at just over twenty, Hanela at just over nineteen. Andrew Cop got in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As a four Andrew Cop. Let's talk about him for a second. Because
0: Andrew Cop who is about to be demoted to the third line for, like, no reason. Yeah, that that and Andrew Cop. I just
1: – to me, the, this is a very interesting case because going into the season, we had him as a fourth line, maybe a third line center. Like, I believe in, on our depth chart when we talked, to him, talked about him bef- in the preseason, he was behind Adam Lowry, and then Brian Little goes down, and suddenly he's the second line center, and now he's in the
0: top five in ice time?
1: I yeah. mean, that's well, uh, impressive.
0: I mean, here's the thing, is that if the Jets were smarter, I, I think they would keep Cop, Connor, and Ellers together. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Those three guys were 1, 2, and 3 in Corsi 4 percentage for the Jets. And they were really, really good against the Islanders.
1: So what you're saying is instead of being the top line, they should be the second
0: line. Yeah. I mean, no, they were already the second line, but they're going to, because uh, Brian Little's back and he's going to be put back at second line center. I, I just don't see, I don't see any reason for me to break up is, Top, Connor, and Ellers.
1: Is Little an automatic to see just plug and play go with as as well as Comp has played this season?
0: Yeah, because in line rushes this morning, I think Little was the second line center. See, but that bothers me
1: because Kopp has played really well, and we haven't seen anything of little this season. And, 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 you know, he's been out long enough that it should take him a little bit of time to get into the groove of things before he's just plopped into a second-line center role. I mean, if if anything, it should be Adam Lowry that's taking more of the hit from this as far as ice time is concerned. Like, I just haven't been that impressed with Adam Lowry so far this season.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that's that's a fair assessment. It's just you're also not paying Brian Little over five million dollars until 2024 to be your third line center. You know that might factor in a little.
1: I bit. I get that that thought, but that's I mean until 2024, you said.
0: Yep the end of yeah the end of the 2023 24 season. Yes.
1: Do you have do you have cap friendly up? Yes what how long is cops contract
0: uh, it is 2.28 million until the end of 2021
1: okay so both of these players are going to be with this team for, for this season, season next until season. next season i just think as long as you've got both of those players under contract you play the player that's playing better you give him the more like You give him more minutes, and I just – I don't know.
0: Yeah, like I I get what you're saying on that, but at the same time, like I feel like there's almost like a mutual agreement sometimes between coaches and GMs to like not make the GM look bad, you know?
1: I I don't want – so as long as Buff stays out of this lineup, the Jets have plenty of cap space that it shouldn't matter – Who's playing second line center and who's playing third line center? As long as the second line center is playing better,
0: yeah, I know. I'm just saying that putting Little on the third on the third line reflects a little worse on on Sheffield Day off than you know putting him on the second line does. But anyway, that's just a minor. That should
1: that should not drive your personnel decisions.
0: Also, just they've trusted Little in that position for a while now, so it's just like. Yeah, why not, you know? All right, fair enough. Um, Here's something I want to bring up. How about this? Uh, I want to bring up some interesting five-on-five stuff. Uh, Marat Eights tweeted this out, the Winnipeg guy over at The Athletic. Is that how you pronounce his name, Eights? I'm trying. I don't know. Anyway, he tweeted out today. Uh, Hands up if you expect Kyle Connor to go all season without scoring at five on five. Connor has twenty four shots but no goals at five on five. Mm. That won't last. As such, I wouldn't read much into eighty one nine twenty seven going negative two together or minus two, whatever. Uh, they outshot and outchanced their competition, and eighty one can still snipe. Discuss.
1: what is this an ace exam where you just put discuss at the end of a statement? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with the overall sentiment of that. I don't think it's reasonable to expect Connor to, to not produce particularly as well as that line that he's on because he's on that Ellers cop line that we've been discussing this entire time. Right. I'm not making that up.
0: Right. Yeah. Excuse I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry to um, repeat that. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was kind of going with it. And I was like, Kyle hey,
1: Connor hey. is playing primarily with Ellers and cop right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we've been talking about how that line has been producing uh, or at least creating chances at a very high rate this season. Um, yes. And I, I think that has to play into it. And when you look at the chemistry that he's with these guys, um, I don't think it's reasonable to expect his – uh, scoreless draft to continue, particularly when he's playing with guys that I i know you and I are very high on, cop and Ehlers um, in particular. I, I still think Ellers is one of the better forwards on this team. I don't want to say one of the best because you still got Shifley and Wheeler up there and Lionel is doing his thing. Um, but, you know, he's – got to look at it. The guys he's playing with and his career so far as a Jet has been very productive. And the way he's been playing this season has been very, you know, they've, they're creating chances. It's at, at some point the floodgates are going to open for him.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, that was kind of just the larger point that I wanted to go off was that, like, the Jets aren't necessarily a great team at five on five. But there's still some stuff I'm seeing that's like, okay, there's gonna be some regression to the mean here at some point. Like I don't expect the Jets to have the seventh lowest PDO, and I don't expect them to be one of the worst shooting teams at five on five moving forward. Like there's just there's just too much talent, even even if I'm not the biggest fan of their bottom six, right? Like there's way too much talent on like their top six for that to be the case. Like like we said, like there's no reason that Kyle Connor doesn't have a goal at five on five this year.
1: And the the one thing I will say that's kind of concerning is, and I believe I brought this up on previous podcasts is that Kyle Connor tends to disappear from games. From what I've seen, he's shown flashes that he's, you know, he's got, he clearly has the skill to produce at that line. And that line clearly has done really well together. But at some point the puck has to go in the net for him. For me to consider him to be um one of the Jets top six forwards, right? Um particularly considering all the off season drama surrounding his contract situation. And it just seems like, yeah, he looks good, but at other points he's like he kind of disappears. He doesn't look bad, but he disappears.
0: I don't really even know if that's even fair. I, I feel like that just happens sometimes with people when they see a player not doing so well or at least not getting on the score sheet like i think he's playing well i think he's i don't see a i haven't really seen a problem with his game really uh like nothing nothing like glaring that tells you hey something isn't right with kyle connor it's just he's not scoring the pucks are just not going in the net for him that's hockey things happen i feel like a lot of times when you're like why isn't this person scoring why isn't this person playing well the answer is you just kind of shrug your shoulders and you're like that's hockey. Dumb things happen, especially in small sample sizes. We have played 9 games. Sometimes you go a few games without scoring. It happens. But Kyle Connor um, leads the team in ex- individual expected goals. He will score at some point. It's well, changed. maybe if you
1: maybe in. if you took your eyes off the spreadsheet, you would watch the game and see that he's not scoring, nerd.
0: Uh, yeah, and I've seen him get robbed like four times this year. <laughs>
1: Well, you see, uh, hockey is hard.
0: Well, um, actually, if you just understood the complexities behind the Winnipeg Jets' offense, you would find that the numbers are lying. Sometimes you, you, you say that, and
1: it, it sounds like you're being facetious, but it's also kind of true. Uh, watching this Jets team, it's like, how were they not up 5 nothing on some of these teams by the time the first period is over, and then they lose the game, and you're like, what just happened?
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what happened against the Islanders. At one point, I think the shots were like 20-5. to 5. Granted, yeah. like they weren't always the greatest shots, but they still had enough combination of volume and quality that you're just kind of like, okay, like, how did you not score there?
1: I mean, watching this team is exciting, not just because they're so top-heavy on the forwards and so – weak at the back that it's just like endless opportunities for both teams. The other reason this, this team is exciting to watch is because they're very good at setting up in the opposition end and cycling the puck and creating like massive amounts of pressure for like five minutes at a time. And that's exciting to watch because you're like any minute now this puck is going into that. Um, that's all I, <laughs> I thought. I thought I had more on that
0: sentence and I didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things I noticed was just things in the Jets offense kind of seemed to stall and I didn't like about midway through the second period. And then things didn't really kick up until after, I don't know, midway through the third period where they realized, Hey, we're losing. We actually need to score.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what happened in that second period? What did you see there? Cause that's kind of when things went from, Oh, we're winning this game to we're losing this game. I mean, and I say I said that, like, the run of play has changed, but I'm really just looking at the score sheet like, oh, they were ahead in the first period. And suddenly after the second, they're losing. Um, so yeah. what, what did you see there?
0: Uh, I saw uh, basically that uh, Mark, Matt Barzal is a good hockey player. That's what I saw. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah. I, I still can't believe that this kid fell so far in that 2015 draft. A reminder that, that the Bruins had three picks to pick Matthew Barzal and they didn't do it.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, was he drafted the year that they the Bruins had three picks in the first round and they picked yeah.
0: Like yeah. three the,
1: players that nobody expected them to
0: pick? I want to say that I think the Bruins were like – I think they picked DeBrusque that year and then like two guys um, who are just like total no-shows at this point.
1: <laughs> and I believe they traded for one or two of those picks. Yeah, off the top
0: of my head, they traded one of them for. That was one of them was the Lucic deal to LA, and the other one was like uh, I think they traded up, and that might have been with. No, that wasn't that one. I forget which one it was. They traded up, I think, again, and they got another. So they had like three in a row, and they just whiffed on Matthew Barzal three times. Like they could have had like. They could have had like Barzal, Connor, and I think like Thomas Shabbat too, and they just didn't pick any of them.
1: Was this the same year as uh, Zach Ronaldo for a third? Because that will never maybe, get old. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't, don't think. I don't think so. I think it was the summer before. Never forget Zach Ronaldo for a third. Um. Okay. So is that is that all we can boil this down to? Was Matt Barzal is good at hockey?
0: I mean, the, the other thing is that the Islanders played their very Islanders brand game of hockey, or it's really more of a very Barry, Barry trots yeah. brand of Trotz, hockey. Yeah, and we will give up all the shot attempts in the game, but we will keep them mostly to the outside, and we'll come up with a few high danger chances and score on them. And that's exactly yeah. what the Islanders did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the-
1: to some degree, I'm like that. Kind of makes sense if you're going to get a few scoring chances, you might as well make them good quality chances instead of going for volume shots that might not bother anybody.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but certainly Semyon Varlamov probably stole at least a point from Winnipeg that night, and I, I feel like the. When was the time-
1: last time you? When was the last time you, you said the sentence? Semyon Varlamov has stole a point tonight
0: it's uh, it's been a couple of years
1: probably it's been a while
0: <laughs> it's like the the random trots magic of finding a goalie who is just okay and then suddenly they're just good they're just good i
1: <laughs> man, this islanders team man um them and their goalies um sorry i cut you off in the middle of a thought what was the rest of that thought
0: No, that was was just it. It was just that the Islanders just find their way – or Barry Trot just kind of makes any goalie really good, and they play good enough defense in front of them to make them look better. So that's that's, that's what I've got. And and I like to make fun of the Islanders
1: because I think they paid the wrong goalie, and they've got a history of paying the wrong goalie. Um, Looking at you, Rick DiPietro. Um, And also – at Robin Leonard. Um, well, I mean, Robin Leonard was the goalie they should have paid. Um, um, but looking back at this game, what uh, – um, oh, Connor Hellebuck had a good game, surprisingly, in a 3-1 loss. It's not often you say that, but I thought he played well in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was, he was fine. It's, it's just tough when, you know, you, you do allow two goals – you only allow two goals and you lose because the other guy played better. Like, it's it's tough.
1: And it's gotten – so one of our big questions coming into the season was what kind of Connor Hellebuck are we going to get? And in so far it looks like we're going to get the good Connor Hellebuck for the majority of the season. And maybe not a Vezina candidate like he was a few years ago, but at least, you know, decent Connor Hellebuck I think goes a long way to um, – giving this team a chance to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. That's honestly with the state of their defense. Yeah. They're going to need any goaltending they can get. I don't, I mean,
1: I, I know the defense is terrible, but I don't even think with, with the t- talent you've got at, at, on the, in the forwards, I don't even think you need a great Connor. Hellebuck. I think you just need decent Connor Hellebuck most of the time. And you've got something there, Right. Hmm. um
0: any other takeaways from this game uh the penalty kill <laughs> continues to be bad <laughs> <laughs> penalty kill bad um like it's not even like a percentage based thing like it's not even oh i think that the jets penalty kill will rebound you know it's just a weird sort of thing where just, pucks just kind of seem to go in like that they're bad it is very well, very bad i mean part of that is you're you're
1: only defender that's actually good at um, defending is Josh Morrissey. Like, who else are you going to play on the penalty kill?
0: Right. But they have, even if you go away from percentages, like the special teams percentages, the Jets are second – or the second worst power – or penalty kill by expected goals against first 60 on the, ah, on small on the, on the penalty kill. Okay, but still they are second to last. Like that's not a oh, Connor Hellbuck's save percentage will rebound on the on the penalty kill or a well, it's just kind of a fluky result. That's they are bad.
1: I'll give it to till
0: November before I make a judgment on this penalty kill. And and that's fine. Like you know, you should probably wait, you know, 10, 15, 20 games to make like a total like okay, they're going to be bad this season, right? but even just through maybe. the first few games it has been bad
1: maybe they just need to fi- cuz like maybe they just need to find their stride with this penalty kill because again a lot of these defensemen are inexperienced defensemen and most of them aren't used to playing with each other and when you've got you know a penalty kill you've got to coordinate not only with these defensemen that you've just been thrown together with but also these forwards that you've just been thrown together with like um I want to say Shifley is probably a big penalty killer for them, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head who the forwards are that they usually put on the penalty kill. Oh,
0: um, and if you, if you want another reason for the Oilers uh, to be frauds, they're the team ahead of ahead of the Jets in expected goals against per 60 on the penalty kill. Though the Oilers have like the sixth, if I'm, if I'm counting right, the sixth best or the fifth best, sorry, the fifth best penalty kill by penalty kill percentage. Meanwhile, the Jets are dead last in the league at 56.3%. So just throwing that out. All
1: right. Um, So I guess that does it for that game against the – by the way, as a Flyers fan, can the Jets do anything to slow these Metropolitan Division game, the Metropolitan opponents down a little bit? Like, it feels like every time they play the Penguins or the Islanders or the Devils, they've got to give up at least a point. Can we stop it with that? Apparently not. No. No. Uh, No. Absolutely not. All right. Um, All right. But looking ahead... Uh, between this recording session and our next pod release, we've got the LA Kings coming to Winnipeg at the the one, two, three, four fifth game in this homestand. What are your initial thoughts
0: on this game? I mean, it's been a tough start for the Kings. I mean, their roster kind of sucks in the first place, but overall they haven't been like too bad at 5-1-5. Five five. It's just – Their goaltending has been abysmal. Like Jonathan Quick, is is just been bad. There's, there's after last year, you're thinking, hey, maybe Jonathan Quick rebounds at least a little bit. Like there's no way he's that bad two years in a row. No, he he's he's done, apparently.
1: Well, and I will, you know, that's the first thing that I notice when I when I look at this Kings team is Jonathan Quick. Um, just I mean, he's been the guy in LA for forever um well hold on
0: hold on real quick i'll let you get this out of the way what's your new what's your new nickname for jonathan quick that nobody's ever Oh, jonathan slow yeah there Uh, it is yeah i i
1: thought that was obvious have people not i'm not i don't want to coin that because i have a feeling somebody else has already you're the sharks fan you've probably heard jonathan slow
0: before yeah but i really honestly really haven't thought about jonathan quick since 2016 so um and I do want to point out,
1: Daily Faceoff has Jack Campbell as the goalie one instead of Jonathan
0: Quick. That's I mean, how
1: terrible things are there.
0: When you've played three games and you've given up 19 goals, something's not <laughs> Wait, right.
1: Wait, that's like, that's like over six goals a game.
0: Yep, yep. That's His goals against average is 6.44. Mm-hmm. Same percentage of 7.93 right now.
1: What, say, you said he's... <laughs> Safe percentage of
0: 793? Safe
1: percentage
0: of 793. 7%? I mean, 8% Uh,
1: rounding up? 79%.
0: Oh. Okay. 793.
1: (laughs) Still not good. Yeah. Better than what I interpreted when you said it out loud.
0: I mean, he's given up six goals on 31 shots against the Oilers. Uh, eight goals on 25 shots against the Canucks and five goals on 36 shots against the Knights.
1: Are you sure not a couple of those
0: were um, empty netters? Uh, listen, as wacky as the NHL's tracking data this season has been so far, I would not be shocked. But even then, it's the I, I doubt it's the Kings. Still, were, it's I,
1: still probably north of five goals against. Yeah,
0: no, I, I doubt the Kings were in a – tight match against the Canucks when they were getting up eight goals. Are the Canucks good? Not really. I mean, I don't really trust anyone in the Pacific Division other than Vegas right now. So, um, Getting away from
1: Jonathan Quick for a minute, I just, when I'm looking at this lineup, the thing that really strikes me is kind of the same thing that struck me when I'm looking at, when I when I first looked at the Jets preseason, although not so much now that a- Andrew Cobb has really stepped up, the Kings aren't really good down the center. Behind Kopitar, it's their second line center is Lazat, and then Adrian Kemp. Like,
0: that's yeah. not great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, they're in the middle of a roster overhaul in LA, and. It's, it's going to be tough for a little bit. They're still trying to pretend that Ilya Kovalchuk is relevant. I mean, supposedly he's gotten off to a decent start this year, though. Okay, they're still trying to pretend that Jeff Carter is relevant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's been kind of cooked for the last two or three years, so. Is Drew Doughty still good? Not really. Uh, is he still, it depends I think on, still. Depends on who you he's... ask, but his numbers have taken a dive for the worse. He... But you know he's still years. gonna get
1: he's still gonna get Norse votes, right?
0: Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Somehow.
1: That's how that works.
0: Well, no, For not no necessarily reason. because he's not on a playoff team this year.
1: Oh so. ooh, Got him.
0: I mean, that wasn't um, even like a got him. That would, that was that's just some cold but hard it facts. It sounded like a got him. It, it wasn't meant to be. That's just like the Kings aren't making the playoffs. Like we can get that one out of
1: the way. <laughs> um okay. So we've got all of these holes in this lineup. Uh, What
0: are the positives on this L.A. Kings team, my Pacific Division friend? Uh, Well, they could put Ilya Kovalchuk on the first line and go Kovalchuk, Kopitar, Brown on the first line and pretend it's the year 2012 and have a good time.
1: (laughs) And and throw Drew Dowdy on the ice through defensive pairing, and it's really 2012.
0: Yeah, yeah, with uh, Jonathan with Quichel, John and yeah. Quick. With Jonathan Quick in that. Yeah, just pretend. I mean, that's just kind of their motto is a little bit of it. Um, not so much this year as it was last year, but it's, hey, if you close your eyes and you go into a time machine to 2014, it's not that bad. Um, You
1: know, and here's here's a good, better question for you. I, I've, I know I've heard Dustin Brown. I know he's a big leader on this team, but even in his – prime in his heyday i i didn't really notice him that much on the ice as a hockey player is he actually good
0: i mean he had a stretch of period yeah where he was a good player when he wasn't you know taking hurdle out of the knee or kneeing somebody else or another guy or headbutting logan couture but other than that when he wasn't being <laughs> past, yeah like he was a he was a good player like he was the kind of like actual grit per 60 champion that you would want instead of, instead of the uh, 200 hockey men grit for 60 champions. Right.
1: And that's what I was trying to explain in the group chat that we've got with our other hockey friends. Um, I was trying to explain how I'm not opposed to guys who are gritty, but if they are gritty and not an NHL t- level skill, if they don't have NHL level skill with them to pair with that and they're still getting NHL ice time, that's a problem. Um, but Dustin Brown, I guess, is
0: an NHL-level talent that is also a gritty player. Um, but I mean, he, he's also the... Uh, you know, what happens to every gritty player when they reach their 30s They just kind of fall off a cliff because their bodies have taken a toll. Yeah,
1: Squidward? Yeah, Squidward?
0: Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, he's only he's only totaled... Let's let's see. Uh, like sixty over sixty points, like once since twenty twelve. So That's, uh, he's gotten over fifty is twice. That, is that is that not good? That's uh, uh very ungood.
1: So how do you how do you see this Kings team lining up? Like how what are what are you looking for in this matchup with this the Kings team? What are the important matchups, and how do you see those matchups
0: going? Uh, it depends on who's in goal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if, if John the Glick started, I'm throwing any puck at the net that I can. Uh, other than that, I, I, you know, this is a good matchup for the Jets. You know, other than like Kovalchuk and Kopitar, the Kings don't really have a whole lot of offensive weapons that can make the Jets pay for their inevitable defensive breakdowns. One guy that I would look out for if he plays is Austin Wagner. The kid doesn't really have a whole lot of NHL level skill, but he's also one of the fastest players I've ever seen. (laughs) So, you know, you might want to keep an eye out for that, but he's also playing on the Kings fourth line. If that tells you anything about him,
1: I don't know how much that really tells me about his skill because again, hockey men are going to do hockey men things. Um, I I I am in, I don't know how much stock I put into him, but I, I'm interested to see what Alex, if anything, because uh, he has been playing on that top line with Kopitar and Dustin Brown. But that might also be the kind of thing, like, in Pittsburgh, you've got Sidney Crosby who can play on the first line, and you can put any winger with them, and suddenly they're a thousand times better because they're playing with Crosby. I don't know if you're getting that same effect with Anze Kopitar. Um, maybe not the same effect, but a similar thought process there, and particularly with someone with, who like, I follow who's got a high ceiling. Yeah, um, but even then, like,
0: Kopitar isn't quite the same guy that he was a couple of years ago, so. Well, who on this Kings team is the same player that they were a few years ago? I mean, like, that's a good point, but, you know, yeah, like, I would have said, like, if Jake Muzzin if he was still there, but he's not, so. Oh, uh,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Predictions,
1: um, three
0: one Jets. I'd say four two is always a pretty safe guess, regardless of who wins when it comes to the Jets. So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna go I, with I'm gonna go with four two Jets. I see. I I think I've picked
1: four two Jets the last two shows in a row. So I I had to mix it up a little bit.
0: Right, but four two was the one time that I got both the score and the teams correct. So I'm gonna go with for two jets all right all right cool. with that and being that's... said uh you can follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at gritper 60 pod you can find the podcasts on itunes and spotify whenever i actually get around to putting the episodes on our rss feed uh, but they will they will show up on the hockey podcast networks spotify and itunes first uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at BeFeryl727. TC, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TC underscore 904. All right. With that being said, this has been another episode you, of the Grid for 60 plug, pod-
1: Did you plug what? the Grid for 60 podcast
0: Twitter yeah, and Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was on a roll, and then you interrupted me. I'm sorry. All right. I will try this again. I do That's that way too often. Well. i interrupted. Thank you again for watching another episode of the Grid for 60 podcast. Uh, thank you for watching and have a good You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.